Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello and welcome to the back to school episode of Dyslexia Devoted. So are you ready for back to school? I know I am. Welcome to episode 62 of Dyslexia Devoted, where we're dedicating this episode to all the things that you need to remember to do as we are approaching the brand new school year. I am actually thrilled that it is time for kids to go back to school because my schedule has been insane. I tried to create the perfect summer schedule, and then I'm a sucker for a kid who cannot read, and I absolutely cannot add any more kids during the school year, but I really could add a tiny bit over the summer. So I have a kiddo who I normally was only supposed to see during the school year that was across the world, but really needed to continue their support. So some of my sessions were as early as seven o'clock in the morning, because that's what you do when one kid is in Europe and you're in America. And then on top of all of the kids that I've been helping this year, I've been doing some big program development projects. And because part of what I do involves training teachers, all of those projects have to get done during the summer before the teachers return back to school. So it was really important that I meet some certain deadlines in my program development projects I'm working on just to make sure that everything is ready to go as soon as those teachers get back to campus too. So let's talk about what we need to work on for going back to school. The first priority is making sure that all teachers know when a student has a learning difference. A lot of times school groupings of kids for who's in which class happens at the end of the school year, but there's also just as many schools that don't tell their teachers until two or three days before school starts the class list of who's in their class. The other thing that happens is sometimes a teacher might resign over the summer. So even if you thought you knew who was in your class, suddenly you might be teaching a totally different grade level than what you thought you were going to be teaching. And that completely changes who is in your classroom. And that can be a big detriment to students with learning differences because if you don't even know who's in your class and you're so busy trying to do all the silly little things like putting name tags on desks and all these other things, that you may not be instantly informed that one of those new students also has a learning difference depending on how organized the school's paperwork is. And while we wish everything would fall perfectly into place that everybody should automatically know which kids have learning differences, that's not always the case. Or sometimes they tell the main teacher, but not the other teachers. So maybe the homeroom teacher realizes that this kid has dyslexia, but maybe the science teacher doesn't. So as a parent or educator who has these kids with learning differences, make sure that all the new teachers know what learning differences a child might have and what accommodations are working. We really don't want it to be where every single year it's reinventing the wheel of trying to figure out which way to make the accommodations work. We should already know which ones work for that particular child and implement them right away. We want to make sure that we're not waiting till two months into the year to make sure that all the accommodations are happening. Whoever has the responsibility, oftentimes that falls on the parents because we want it to come from the school, 
But let's say the first grade teacher knew the child had dyslexia and then they moved out of state. And now there's a new, brand new to the school campus teacher for second grade. Those teachers have never even seen each other and there isn't really an easy way for them to pass off information. So if you're a parent, it is really important that you write a note to your child's teacher and say, this is my child's learning difference. Here's what they're really great at. Here's the things they struggle with. Here are the accommodations that work the best. So make sure you take a moment to send off that little message, because while we do want kids to hit the ground running, we have to make sure we're setting them up for success from the get-go. The next thing we need to do is to get the kids ready, because I don't know about you, but I know the kids in my family definitely go into a totally different mode for summer. My niece is often off at her dad's house for the summer, and I know my nephew definitely sleeps on a completely different sleep schedule, and... Whenever back to school happens, it always makes it very tricky between my niece coming off of a time change and my nephew going from sleeping at very odd hours because he's a, you know, teenage boy. That's what happens. And you need to make sure that you are slowly transitioning the kids back into a normal routine. So that involves having them get up a little bit earlier each day for a whole week up until it's time for school to start. So that kid isn't going from waking up at nine o'clock to suddenly have to waking up at 630. That three-hour adjustment is real rough and nothing good comes from it. So making sure we're slowly adjusting kids' schedules so that we can get them back onto a school routine and not on the first day of school because that's a mess that nobody wants to deal with. If you're a parent who decided to let your kid take a total break for summer because some of these kids really are burning out by the end of the year, it's a great time to start having them do some basic activities like making sure they're reading books making sure they've picked up a pencil and can write a little journal entry or something and make sure that they can remember what they need to do to get back into the school routine. Sometimes that's practicing math facts. I have one boy who was really good at his math facts before summer break, and then after a couple weeks on vacation, it's like he never learned them at all. So give your kids a chance to do things where they can practice math facts, even if it's by finding games and things like that. It doesn't have to feel like homework. The only way that you can have a smooth transition into the school year is if they've actually done something to remind them of what school is going to be like in a couple of weeks instead of having that harsh reality to go from play all day to work all day. Try to ease in to that routine a little bit more softly if you can. And then the third thing is to create what are those routines. One thing that kids with dyslexia often struggle with is executive functioning, meaning the planning and execution of tasks. So some of these kids forget their lunchbox every day. Some of these kids forget their sweater until they're freezing cold and waiting for the school bell to ring. And we want to set them up for success. And one thing that you can do is establish routines. A lot of kids do well with a checklist. So you can do one where you have a little checklist of every morning, here's the routine we do things. When you change the order all the time, that's when things get forgotten. If you can try to do the same thing in the same order every day, then it becomes so ingrained as a routine, then it's a lot easier to remember to do all the things than if you change the order every day. Wait, did you brush your teeth yet? Oh, wait, did you do this? Did you do that? Instead, make it a routine of first we get up and we do this. Then we eat our breakfast. Then we do, you know, change our clothes and to get out of your PJs and whatever your routine is. I know when my niece and nephew were at my house when they were little kids, we had them eat their breakfast in their PJs because they were clumsy little children that would often spill milk on themselves. Whatever your routine is, it doesn't matter, but it's about being consistent, about this kiddo knowing exactly what they need to do every morning to get out of the house on time so that you're not pulling your hair out. You can also set up routines for the school day as well. 
you can make sure that they have a binder that has an organized place for everything with a little label that says what goes where. These are the papers that go home. These are the papers that stay at school. These are the other things. One thing that I've actually fallen in love with is these little spiral, I'm going to call them notebooks, folders, maybe spiral folder. I'll put a link to it in the show notes that you actually don't have to hole punch anything. And it has a ton of pockets and I actually use it for organizing student materials because I've been seeing 20 to 30 kids all summer long. And so I've been very busy and have no time to sit there punching holes into papers. And it's really helpful for kids because sometimes if they get papers from their teachers, they're not automatically hole punched. So if you can set them up for routines with folders and things that don't require hole punches, that can actually make things more likely to get put where they need to go. I can't tell you the number of times kids are like, well, I tried to put it in my binder, but it didn't have any holes. So I just shoved it in my bag all the way out the door. The teacher was running late. We were going to miss recess. So you want to make sure routines are as easy as possible to get into the groove and make sure the routines actually get executed. Try to create systems that are easy to follow and predictable, and that will make it a lot easier for the kiddo to actually want to participate in that routine, whatever that may be. Another option is to set up a planner. So this doesn't always work good for the little guys, but I've actually created little planners before where it's literally one piece of paper that if they lose it each week, it doesn't matter. You just print out a new one where here's what's happening Monday. Here's what we're doing Tuesday. Here's what we're doing Wednesday. And that way the kids can write out what their routines are and what things are due that week, what days projects are due, what day there's a field trip, what day they have PE, so they have to wear the right shoes to school, that kind of thing. Or if they're older kids setting up a monthly, you know, calendar planner kind of thing. And those ones can be really helpful. And I actually love modeling that for the kids. And it is still my favorite thing when I see how many kids go and look at my calendar. It has nothing to do with them except for sometimes their birthday might be on it if it's their birthday month. But like every single kid I have looks at my monthly calendar and looks at the way I plan things out and looks at how I create, you know, little stickers on my paper planner because that's what brings me joy, especially on a crazy wacky day. I had a really bad day last week and was fighting with my website. If you tried to go to parnelloeducation.com last week, it probably didn't work. Um, so I think it's working now. Fingers crossed. If it doesn't work, go to www.parnelloeducation.com. Then hopefully it works. Anyway. I got really mad because I just could not get the website to work and I was really busy helping children. And so I started putting stickers in my planner because that's what brings me joy because it's the silliest thing. And one of the kiddos goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm in a bad mood, but it's not your fault. So I'm putting stickers in my planner because that makes me happy. And that way I can change my mood around and things like that. And modeling for kids, what we do when things go wrong is so powerful. And I told them, what's the worst going to happen? I'm going to be more organized instead of mad. I think that's a pretty good trade-off. And so if we can show kids what we do to get organized, to make things better, to make things less stressful, that is super powerful. All right, that's it for today because I really do have a student showing up in the next two minutes. So to recap, number one, make sure the teachers know that a child has a learning difference and that's all teachers. So let's make sure that is also the art teacher and the science teacher and people like that too. Secondly, start getting kids into routine and be able to make sure that they know where they need to go and they know how to start getting up on time. Thirdly, go ahead and make sure you have all of the materials ready to go so that kids are ready to transition into the new school year with good checklists of what their routines are going to be for the year, 
what they need to do to get out of the house, a checklist of all the things they need to have when they leave school for the day, you know, water bottle, jacket, homework, folder, binder, all those things, and put it somewhere they will always see it, whether that's their cubby or their locker or the tape to the front of the binder. All right, that's all for today. I will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn even more about dyslexia, check out parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. See you next time.